And then I'm sure Carl Icahn will make a buck or two out of it as well. The Money Show. The Markets. Tim Merrill Pick, a portfolio manager at the Old Mutual Investment Group. A down day across the globe today, Merrill Pick. And uh, I don't know if it's cyclical. I don't know if it's all to blame on Vladimir Putin. Uh, what's your perspective on the sort of ups and downs and twists and turns and roundabouts of markets at the moment? Yeah, good evening, Bruce, and good evening to your listeners. Um, I think what I always say, you know, we look at two elements um, in our process, the one being theme and the one being price. Um, I think for a long time we've been seeing the price element of markets being quite elevated. Um, and what that means is whenever there are jitters, like, as you say, Putin and geopolitics, um, and the risk of an invasion increasing, it doesn't take much to spook the market when um, when prices are already elevated because those high prices imply um, great expectations of global growth. So something like rising tensions um, in Europe stand to threaten you know, global growth and that would obviously depress um company profits and those prices are no longer being justified in a scenario like that. So I think that could be that could be it. I think within our market um, there have been some specific things like ten cents move affecting NASDAQ, for example. Explain Tencent, please, because Nusbert's and Process, which were companies you could not be without, are not companies you want to be with, and certainly not for the last 12 months. They've actually been massively negative for the overall market, and it's all to do with Chinese regulators getting a bit antsy in the way in which Tencent operates almost with, or has operated like many other Chinese tech companies, almost with free reign in what is usually quite a, a tightly regulated economy and society. Exactly. Um, exactly right, Bruce. And I think, um, so what we've seen today, NASPERS process both down around 8%, um, 10 cents being the biggest underlying um, asset, down 5% um, in Hong Kong. And, uh, yeah, we've seen an onslaught of tightening regulation over the last probably more than 12 months, more like 18 to 24 months. Um, so we've had regulation on at first as a risk a few years ago and then as a theme as we started to see tightening across, for example, at one stage um, the content of games was regulated to be more patriotic or to reflect content that the Chinese government would rather have um, the population engaging in. Um, releases of games were, um, were throttled. We then saw regulation moving into payments, um, into education, into healthcare. Um, some of these affect Tencent, some of them don't. Last week, the the, the bigger news was um, not a crackdown yet, but um, an announcement, a warning that um, anyone who is thinking of investing or funding um, new uh, business ventures in the metaverse space, you know, within the tech space, so your um, virtual reality space, um, should proceed with caution. So that is being viewed as a warning shot that that is the next area within tech that will face regulation, regulatory scrutiny. And it is also an area which all tech companies globally are expanding into and is expected to be the new growth area to the point where Facebook has literally renamed themselves Meta um, because this is expected to be the big next driver of growth within tech, the metaverse and the expansion of the metaverse. But um, the Chinese government seems to be signaling 
that it does not necessarily want to see growth in the metaverse. Um, and there's all sorts of reasons, you know, for that. As you mentioned, the, the monopolistic behavior of tech is one thing, but I think also just the type of tech that China seems to want to encourage is a move away from entertainment-based, um, such as gaming, AI, towards a more hard tech, semiconductors, you know, electric okay. vehicles. That's where it wants to spend to go. Uh, and I mean, yes, that yeah, real technology, not just fun and games. Uh, and that's the sort of, sort of business, of course, that Anglo-American Platinum is in, supplying metals into that hard technology sector. And I mean, just look at the huge dividend payment that was made by Anglo-American Platinum today. There's a very nice theme there for them to be trading on, I suppose, as China looks to transform that economy. And this demand for these Platinum Group metals certainly doesn't look like it's going to abate any time soon. It doesn't. I think a lot of it in the short term depends on the recovery of um, global automotive production. We've seen shortages um, in or halting of car production as a result of semiconductor shortages. And then at the same time, we were seeing a lot of investment in semiconductor capacity. So we expect that to be a short term problem. And once global car production normalizes, um, there's a pent up demand. Um, for vehicles. I think the longer term outlook will depend on how, for example, the hydrogen economy um, um, evolves. If the hydrogen economy becomes um, a very key part of the decarbonization journey, which China is definitely trying to lead globally, that would bode well, in particular for platinum demand. Um, the risk is that electric vehicles um, you know, proceed at a, at a faster rate than the hydrogen um, economy develops, which would then curtail demand. Um, but yes, some of our analysis shows that the, 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 the minerals required for that um, will also prove to be a bottleneck. Um, in the, so in the short term, the prospects for the, our platinum producers look great, and they have a lot of control over their destiny at this point because they are choosing to be disciplined with supply and not flood the market with new um, ounces, which is actually supporting very elevated prices. Um, the risk with in, at any time when prices are this high, they are quite elevated relative to history. So you'd look at that long-term perspective and think the risk here is that at some point prices revert, but certainly um, in, the, in the very short term, um, they do have more time to start to continue delivering back to shareholders the way that they have. Uh, and then uh, a quick thought on the results today out of Sassel. I found them fairly, I mean, operationally, I think, quite strong, but still not paying yeah. out a dividend. Some more is there. Yes, so the so share price was down 3% today. I think um, probably a fair amount of investors were expecting a dividend, given the high oil prices um, and uh, record high chemical prices in pockets, for example, in, in the U.S.-based chemical prices or plastics prices, basically. Very high. Um, I think there are two reasons for some of the disappointment. One, um, because of the balance sheet fragility over the last few years, while they were still finishing off the Lake Charles um, project, a lot of debt on the balance sheet. The decision was taken to hedge the oil price, meaning that they are not realizing the full benefit of oil being at $80, They've capped that off somewhere around $70. So there's some of that cash flow which they've effectively foregone for the safety and security of 
what if oil falls back to 40, 45, 50, and then we cannot meet our uh, debt repayment. So they took that decision um, to forego some of the upside on oil in order to just ensure that they can remain solvent. You know, right or wrong decision, it's easy in hindsight to say that it's the wrong decision given where oil is now, but at the time, it, it, one can say that was a prudent decision. Um, but that means it's not flowing through into cash flow as automatically as one might think. The other issue is some um, production reliability issues in the local mining business, which of course is their cost advantage and feeds um, secunda and, and allows them to be profitable. So they, they're not as profitable as they should have been um, because they had to go and buy an external coal at a higher price than what they can mine it under normal circumstances. So those coal supply issues are a negative theme. However, I do expect that to be a rather short-lived theme, and they've outlined how they expect to to address that. So I think Sassol is still attractive at, at this current price, given where the oil price is. Thank you, Meryl Peck, Portfolio Manager at the Old Mutual Investment Group. Just gone half past six in this Eyewitness News, brought to you by 